0: start selling online today sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22 you are listening to foul tips your weekend podcast to catch you up on the week that was in the world of baseball let's do it well, all right season two episode one of the foul tips podcast the all baseball edition of the 1420 sports podcast tonight unfortunately we'll uh Get in and talk about the uh, the lockout and the cancellation of Major League Baseball games today. We'll uh, dust off the old Rick Award and give out uh, this week's Week One Award. We'll talk about an article that I read in the New Yorker about the uh, the state of Little League Baseball and its uh, impact on, on our lives and the communities throughout. And to finish out tonight's show. We'll chat about what's going on with me and in uh, baseball coming up in the spring and summer. Uh, it's a lot going on in the world of baseball. Obviously, too bad, it's not a lot of games. But uh, without any further ado, if you're ready. Uh, as I am, let's get into her. Well, needless to say that uh, March the 1st, 2022, was a sad day for the game of baseball. Uh, Rob Manford came out uh, earlier on today. He was on TV again tonight, but he came out earlier on to t- on TV and the radios everywhere else today that uh, they're, in fact, cancelling baseball games. The opening day, which was slated for March the 31st uh wasn't going to happen i think we all kind of knew it but there's always there's always uh, hopeful optimism that that wasn't going to be the case and there were they were going to come to their senses the two sides the players and the owners and the owners and the owners and everybody else would uh would come to their senses and get it, get a deal done and there'd be baseball uh, being played there'd be spring t- training games just around the corner but uh last that didn't happen um last night i got done recording the podcast with dave i tuned into the F MLB network and I was on the Twitter machine, uh, Bob Nightingale, he had high hopes. He was tweeting that it was, it was going to happen. The, uh, there was some posturing on both sides that they were thinking they, they were close They made some, some big strides yesterday. Um, didn't happen. The owners pushed back their deadline that it, it was going to uh, they one more day. It was supposed to be on the 28th of February. They decided to go to five o'clock today to to push the deadline back. That it was going to happen that they, that they could uh, work out some kind of a deal, but they couldn't reach a deal. And uh, it sounds to me like things actually got worse throughout the day, uh, whether last night's, uh, what was a uh, a fake or whatever it was, and there was some information that got leaked that shouldn't have, that wasn't true to try to, posture decides the story. But anyways, we it's all speculation, but we're pretty good here on the 1420 podcast. We uh, And foul tips, we tend to speculate quite a bit just to, you know, con- content and everything else and get people thinking. But that's, that's what podcasts are. We talked about that a lot. But anyways, uh, earlier on today, the players, the final, the final, it's never the final. Obviously, it can't be the final uh, offer. Uh, the owners say their final offer came through. They were going to, uh, that was it. This is it. The players unanimously disagreed to it. They said, no way, no how, we ain't doing it. So right then, Manfred, uh, he came on television. He started talking about um, that's it. He came on, and he started giving stats and numbers. And what they were giving up, it sounds great, and the numbers sounded good. Um, a raise for the for the, uh, the minimum wage was quite substantial. Um, but those guys, and it was a... Uh, uh, the tax system and everything else was, was going to go away. Uh, I don't like to talk about money a whole bunch because what these guys make is, uh, something that I'll never see. And it, 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 there's such a split between, between the, the lowest paid guy and the highest paid guy in baseball. It's, it's quite obscene. Uh, I mean, most sports are that way too, but uh, uh, baseball seems to take it to a whole other level, uh, football as well. But anyways, um, Competitive tax balance and everything else just didn't go away. There's uh, the all, the players aren't happy with um, the teams that aren't being competitive. That aren't there's no minimum pay pay, pay scale. They're not happy with um, revenue sharing. There's there's all kinds of things going on. At the end of the day, what sucks for a guy like me who uh, loves watching baseball there's no baseball to be, to be seen. And the way the players are talking tonight and uh, how they have Max Scherzer as one of their spokespeople is kind of odd to me that one of your highest paid guy or one of your highest paid guys, not trout and everything else, but your highest paid, one of your older guys, um, he's kind of become the spokesman for the, uh, for the players' association. I, I kind of find it odd to have him out there um, popping off for the, uh, the lesser known guys and the lesser guys who make, don't make as much money. Yeah. There might be some, um, some pushback or not pushback, there might be a little more oomph here from this guy instead of Jake Winters talking about what he he's not going to make because at the, the end of the day the the, the player that's going to get hurt is the guy who's not even in the big leagues right now, and that's something that uh, Anthony Rizzo, Cubs World Series winner, uh, New York Yankees, a free agent now, he said that uh, in hit a player statement that they're the, the players are doing this for the the players of the future, and I agreed with that to an extent but man sitting out a year you ain't helping anybody it's or sitting out months you aren't helping anybody right now so that statement's on it kind of odd i get what they're fighting for for the players and i get it but it's sad and it's shitty that that it has to get to this point that uh, the owners and, and the players can't come to an agreement the the problem that you got and it's not just players versus owners kind of ramble a bit here because it's all over the map. It's been so confusing. There's so much information that comes out and you try to you try to get as much out in a, in a 25 or 30-minute podcast as you can to people can try to dumb it down to, to my level because that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to dumb it down to, in my head, yeah, there's so much information that happens when you you know, start watching at six o'clock and during work hours you're, you're, so you you're read it during the day and you, you try to absorb it as much as you can. It just doesn't make a whole bunch of sense. Um, the, the, the one thing that I did pick up today is that there are seven to eight, because there needs to be, there's seven to eight owners, small market guys, who can basically stop any collective bargain agreement. Because they, they can vote down anything because of a percentage of, of uh, owners that have to vote on the side of of the um, agreement. And they can say this and they can say that. And if they don't like what's going on, the owners have to go back to the drawing, the drawing board. And do it again. But you got the small market guys, you got Miamis, the Pittsburghs, the Baltimores, the Clevelands, and on and on, who uh aren't helping matters much because they don't make a bunch of money in comparison to like the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Um, that's your four big ones, obviously, that um just uh, seem to to fart money and it just doesn't it doesn't go away. But you got these smaller market guys who don't make a bunch and they 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 say they can't afford this they can't afford to to pay these players um something i did learn tonight that if you guys and this is something i didn't know is this the michael k show on espn radio out of new york uh on their podcast there's still a lawsuit out there that that is stating that there are owners that this is from players from about five six years ago there's owners who haven't um who are accused of not spending the, the revenue sharing that they were getting from the big market teams uh, on their baseball teams. And that's, that's been widely reported forever and ever, but it hasn't been brought up at all by anybody uh, lately. There's still a lawsuit out there from the players against these guys that they weren't spending revenue uh, on their teams and they weren't dumping it back into the franchise to get players and to, to go on salaries and whatever else, or minor league salaries and 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 the whole bit. So that's something that kind of gets lost in the mix. And that's something that the owners wanted the players to have, to, to have go away. It was an interesting little thing that Michael K brought up tonight. It's uh, it was interesting to hear that because if that's true, then that's uh that's a pretty shitty, pretty shitty move on, on behalf of the owners, because man, if he, if they were, if they were doing this, they were screwing players out of money for a long time. And if they're still trying to screw players out of money, which it seems they are doing. Yeah, there are concessions out there and everything else that they're doing, but, if they're they've been doing that and they're trying to get, get out of that lawsuit, that's a shitty that's a shitty move, man. That is a really shitty deal. I mean, at the end of the day, I I, I get it, I get it that the the players are employees of, of of these owners. I get it, but the problem you got, and I kind of backtrack on this a little bit. I go back and forth on a little bit that you could put anybody in pinstripes and you'll have um, it won't matter. I'll watch the games, but. Also, these are the 300 best players in the world or 500 best players or whatever number you want to throw out there. These guys are the best at what they do. I'd rather have these guys on the field um, honing their craft and and showcasing their craft a better way of putting it and having them show the world how good these guys are than having some scrubs playing. Yeah, I'd watch regardless. I mean, I was watching Pac-12 baseball this week, and it was great, but it wasn't the same. I had a great time watching it this week. It was, it was fantastic. That baseball on TV, it wasn't spring training. Well, I knew all the names, but I was still watching. It was great, but it still wasn't. It wasn't major league spring training. The thing you got, and I saw it last night on the Twitter machine, and night before it doesn't matter. I mean, it's all calendar days. Who cares? But you, you can't replace the best players in the world. You can replace the owners nobody cares about the owners people care about the players yes the owners have the dollars but there's other billionaires multi-billionaires that that have that have cash that could that could own these teams that might be better off but you can't replace the best of the best yes there are guys who are interchangeable your 40th roster spot guy your your your, your mop-up guy out of the bullpen your third catcher whatever guy in the minor leagues not they're not still great players and they are and, and each of them is, is very important to, to the the process, but it's just, you, you need the best players in the world. You can have different owners and no one, no one should care. Me and Dave talked about a lot on the 1420 podcast is that owners have become too much of a, they've been too much of a, a I don't want to say the words. I'm not going to say it. They, they, they've they become too front and center, I guess the way of, uh, and they're, and these, these franchises become toys for these guys. You look at Steve Cohen with the, with the mats, this guy's got money to burn. Money to burn, and the the amount of money he's got uh, and he, what he's paying for for payroll every year is nothing. It, it's it's nothing. His TV deals will take care of that, and the money he has left left aside it doesn't even doesn't even put a dent with his business ventures. Doesn't put a dent on what he's paying for, paying for the Mets payroll. So it makes it really tough for for smaller markets. I get it. So maybe these guys shouldn't have have these smaller market owners shouldn't have a team anymore. Maybe it's that it's just that simple that if they're holding back the, the big boys from spending, and 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 or the medium markets from spending and not making any money right now, they're not making any money. They 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 actually didn't even get my hundred and eighty bucks today. They canceled. They did not cancel. They postponed my my subscription for MLB.com or MLB TV or whatever it's called. And I just so oh I got so many apps. Doesn't even matter. But they actually held off on on me paying that this year because of the lockouts to on. So they didn't make me pay. Didn't come out of my account which Usually doesn't March the first every year. So thank you, major league baseball for not taking that money. It's more beer money or whatever for me, but it's uh, maybe it's, it's time for if owners don't have the dough, maybe they, 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 they shouldn't have the teams and uh, yeah, they're in smaller markets. Yes. The TV deals are different between what the Dodgers make and what the, the uh the cleveland guardians you're going to get used to saying now and indians for for my entire life but well it, it's sort of the baltimore orioles make in comparison to what the washington nationals make which is just across town it's it's i don't know maybe it's just time for for major league baseball i mean you can't tell a guy to to sell a team if he's paying the bills and everything else but th- these guys are holding some of these mar- larger markets back i mean that's it's a it's a crappy thing to say but it's just the way it is um Another thing I thought about when it came to to the, the lockout that's happening and loss of games, which they, they've uh, had the first two series are, are locked out, so you're going to miss six to eight games, I guess. They're not making those games up. So the players are losing that money no matter what. They're not making games up. They're not playing doubleheaders. So they're down about 156 right now. One thing over the years that people have always said is, why don't they get the season shorter? And the owners were always saying, or people are always saying not the owners, people are always saying, Well, they're not going to lose games because that's gate and that's revenue and this and that. You, you got people forget that '94, they canceled the World Series. They said, screw it, screw it. And that's their biggest revenue time. Now they've already canceled six games. That's revenue out of the players' uh, the owners' pockets. Yes, it's revenue out of the players' pockets, but these are also games. That normally played in April and May, just April so far is all we've canceled. But April games aren't very well attended. Opening days packed, the next day the play semi because it's usually cold most in most places. Not all, but most. The weather's not great. So the owner's like, we'll, we'll miss these games. So is that a thing that the Major League Baseball the play has been planning for a long time saying, we never once said we want to play all these games? You guys assume we want to play these games. Who knows? That's a, that's a thing that it's speculation completely, but it just seems odd that for years and years, we've always been saying they will not get rid of games because of, because they don't want to lose tickets. They don't want to uh, lose hot dog sales, T-shirt sales, TV, TV deals. Maybe they could be good with 144. Who knows? Speculation, my thoughts, my thoughts, always my show, so I can say whatever I want. The the one thing that is, is disturbing to me, and uh, not the one thing, another thing that's disturbing to me is that, uh, we basically have lost two years of uh, full baseball uh, fans in the stands for most of last year for a lot for a lot of teams. there was reduced capacities. Two years ago, 2020, uh, there was no fans in the stands, most places. there was a, a 60 game schedule. So for two years we haven't had a real a real season and real things going on. And um, now to, to getting into the third year maybe, this isn't good for baseball. And we said it the other night that, man, the, the more baseball keeps tripping on themselves and not having games, I mean, I'm still going to watch. The, the guys who say they're not going to watch, they're full of shit. The, the diehard fans are always going to come back no matter what. But the thing you're, gonna, you're going to have is you're going to have a lot of kids who just don't watch. Kids don't watch as it is now. And so if there's other things that they could be doing, like playing baseball, they they're going to forget about it. There's so many entertainment options out there on television. Baseball so far down the entertainment totem pole for 10, 12-year-olds everything else. It, it, it's, it's astonishing that baseball doesn't see that. And you don't even talk about 10 and 12-year-olds. You talk about uh, millennials, I guess, and gen, Gen whatever. I don't even know what who's, who's who anymore. And Even people my age don't watch as so much baseball. I'm 40, 47, going on 100. But uh, it's, I don't know, can baseball survive? Yeah, it survived 100 years. It survived the strike. In, in 94 and it's it's come back and stronger than ever tv ratings are not bad uh stadiums are not i mean last couple of years like i said pandemic and everything else but it's it's just it's can baseball survive this with everything going on i it'll survive but it is going to be be strong have the owners killed the game who knows um are the players killing the game who knows like i said uh rizzo was saying that he's doing this for 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 future players um the players aren't even playing yet is that true who knows but you had Scherzer and Miller, ex-Yankee uh, Andrew Miller. Man, he was good when he was good, wasn't he? We should talk be talking about baseball again someday. Maybe next next week do another foul tip. We'll actually talk some baseball. But the teams are so far apart. Miller said tonight, we'll sit, we'll sit the season out that the, the the players are united in this and they're they're gonna sit the season out. How they the younger guys are gonna pay their mortgages and everything else because they're still guys who have mortgages. I that means 750 grand seems like a I means a lot of money. But uh, 750. If you're only making that for three years, league max, man, and you you didn't make any money for the first five years of your career, it's not a ton. So these guys, I mean, I hope that there's a, a end result, and I hope there's some money for for the for the uh, the younger players and the rookies and everything else, because man, it, it can be uh, it can be tough. I mean, and then you hear the you hear a lot of people. And this drives me nuts And people talk about that the players make too much money and, and they play for free. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Nobody does anything for free. I mean, I do this podcast for free, but that's, that's on my own. That's on my own, I guess, but no one would play baseball for free. And you get the guys, it's a game. They shouldn't be getting paid what they do. What, what, what's, what's the, the best guy in any business? What's he make? Lots. He makes a lot. We talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. Those guys make a lot. Actors make a lot. Musicians make a lot. You know, athletes. If you're the best, if you're the best. 300. What you do in any any field, you make a lot of dough. So that for, for people to say they would play for free and they're making too much, that's not true. Because I, I think we had Shaky on a few uh, about a month and a half ago. We said, okay, well then, what would you pay him? What would you pay these guys? They're underpaid they're un, a good percentage them are underpaid for what they're doing on, on a night in night out basis. So uh, it's just sad. It's get, it gets this point and how money becomes a thing and, and every time. And the one, another thing that bothers me about these lockouts is that they knew it was coming. It wasn't a surprise that on December 1st, I think it was when the lockout was coming that there, there were some issues on both sides of the table that had to be resolved. And I, I guess they probably had some things uh, set aside. And they've been discussing some things over the months and years uh leading up to that date. But at the end of the day, there's going to be baseball again. So w- why does it get to this point where there's nothing? Like it, it wasn't surprised that there, there was two sides that weren't getting along and they had a lot of beefs and a lot of this and a lot of that. Why did it get to to today, March the first, where that's it, we're done. It's ridiculous to me that they can't come to an agreement somehow, some way, because at the end of the day, both sides are losing. Both sides are losing a lot of money. You got the owners versus the players. You got owners versus owners. You got, I'm sure, players versus players. You got four four battles that are happening right now that fans versus players, fans versus owners. You got all kinds of battles that, 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 that are going to be tough to be, be, be repaired. How does it get to this point? that you have to have a deadline and a date. Yes, people procrastinate. I get it. But to to not have a deal done before it gets to this point doesn't make sense. The players don't trust the owners. The owners don't trust the players. Because the players said that they would have played uh, with the, the same agreement that they had last year. Well, they tried that in 94. The players went on strike, and then look what happened. World Series got canceled. The, the players don't trust the owners because that's why they don't trust the books. And that's why they're, they're saying that what, what they're saying they're making isn't really what they're making on a yearly basis. No one trusts anybody. And the, the people that are really, really hurting, not only just the fans, but the vendors, the bars, the restaurants, the, the parking garages, the, all of it, t-shirt sales, the, this me not being able to go to New York, the hotels, everything that it's 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 so those people that are really hurting it through all this especially like i said after the two years of the pandemic where there was empty stadiums empty bars i mean man i i i was fortunate enough uh seven years pre-pandemic from 2013 pandemic 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 from 2013 2019 i went every year to new york city uh to watch the yankees play and uh having some beers at, at the yankee tavern made some friends there and i haven't seen those guys for two years. Uh, Am I going to be able to go down there this year? Who knows? I'm not going to go. I mean, I probably should. There's other things to do in New York to go to Yankee games, but it's, it's been, it became a highlight and a yearly tradition. If there's no baseball, probably not going to go. I'll wait until until Christmas time, we'll make a Christmas trip to New York uh, and watch the Rangers play. Maybe see a concert or something. Um, But in the summertime, I go to New York to watch the Yankees. And it's been a a yearly tradition for me for seven years. I missed it. Is it going to happen this year? I don't know. I, I don't know. Like there there's there's agents. that are saying it's not going to happen for for until at least July, and who knows what, what could happen there? I mean it's 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 not good. It's everybody's against everybody. It's just the it, the service time and and it, it's all just so much. There's so much to dissect. That I, I just wish we could just watch baseball and bring that back and, and enjoy things pre pandemic how they were. I mean restrictions lifted in Alberta today, and things are trying to get back to normal. So that's a good thing. Not that we were had a bunch of, of restrictions really in the big picture for the last month or so, but it's all it's all got it's all got to come back. Like at some point, baseball is going to come back. I just wish these two sides would lock themselves in a room and get this done. Like I said, we started the show tonight. I uh, I was sitting when I was watching this the show, uh, watching Major League Baseball, and man, the guys on TV were like, "Hey, they're they're close, they're close." So I was I was hopeful this morning that when I woke up and uh, turned on the Twitter machine that there was going to be a deal done. And it wasn't. And that's when I kind of thought, uh man, it, it's not gonna happen. And throughout the day, nothing, no notifications came up, and nothing came up. So the baseball made a deal. And then sure enough, at five o'clock today, three o'clock uh Alberta time, there was no deal done. They started canceling games, which is sad. It's a it's a sad day for baseball, it's a sad day for uh the, the, the vendors, it's a sad day for. Bars and restaurants and, and ticket takers and people who, who depend on, on that extra dough. You know, like, There's people who work in, at uh, various ballparks throughout the, they, like the hockey season. They work at a hockey rink, baseball season, work at a baseball stadium, and then football season, work in football. And without that 81-game home schedule, that's money out of their pocket, whether it be tips or just their, their hourly wages. I mean, that's what people, uh, that, that's their livelihood. And uh, to get to a point where, where they're canceling games already, it, it's sad. It's sad for everybody involved. I hope these owners and, and players, they can, they can, uh, just get this together because baseball, man, I, I need you back. I, I, I miss it already. It's, uh, it's been an odd couple of years, obviously with, without, uh, without real seasons and you will be able to go to New York and or wherever I u- usually get to go and, and watch a few games live. Um, it's sad. We do have other things going on there. We won't uh, focus on the negative a whole bunch here on foul tips, support the base edition the 1420 podcast, uh, Make make sure you guys talk to people about the show, like, share, retweet, and all that stuff. But more importantly, talk to people. People te- uh, tend to listen more than they read on Twitter and Facebook. So talk to people about the show. Let them know that we're out there, and let them know that you enjoy it because we uh, definitely and we're, we're on every possible platform you can you can be on. Uh, so you, can, you shouldn't have no trouble finding us. Fourteen twenty podcast. Follow tips for more of sports talking a whole lot. I know all you listeners out there know that I'm, uh, you guys know that I'm a Yankee fan. It's a team that's near and dear to my heart. Like I said in the last segment, I've been down to uh, Yankee Stadium uh, seven years in a row from 2013 to 2019. Uh, didn't get a chance to see uh, this guy play. Uh, but Paul O'Neill, congratulations to getting your number retired. It's supposed to be on August 21st. Hopefully these guys, these two sides have these things, this thing figured out by that point. So you get a Paul O'Neill day your plaque's already out in Monument Park, but you're getting your number 21 retired. I have a, uh, I have one of those down in the Yankee Tavern in Lethbridge. There, an autograph. It's going to get the frame. Now that it's retired. There's, uh, all the ones that are retired there, are they got frames. I also have a Coney and, uh, David Wells, cause they got the perfect game. So the, the, those ones get framed. So now you're going to the, your, your number's retired. Uh, Paul O'Neill, you're going in the, uh, the Yankee Tavern North hall of fame as well. But, uh, Paul O'Neill to me, uh, great great player. He's a great broadcaster too. I enjoy listening to him. Him and David Cohen, Michael K, have a great dynamic on the on the air, and I quite enjoy listening to those guys. They they're pretty relaxed, have a good time. They're they're very informative, but they're they're more entertaining. But anyways, Paul O'Neill to me, he's he, like he's part of that. Uh, that, that those, those late 90 teams that won a bunch of championships, he's got four world series with the Yankees. I think he's got one with the reds as well as hometown team, the Cincinnati reds got traded to the Yankees, I think in 95, I think it was. And uh, Derek Jeter said over the years that he was just as much a part of those, uh, an integral part of the way that team was built and they, they became champions because of a guy like Paul O'Neill. And, uh, he, he's got his four, four rings, um, Paul O'Neill, never forget the 2000 World Series, which I've gone on the record saying, even though the Yankees lost that World Series, was by far the, the greatest World Series I've ever witnessed in my 47 years of, of, of being on this earth. Uh, even though the Yankees lost, that was uh, fantastic. The, uh, the, the, the crowd at the old stadium cheering up, Paul O'Neill. Uh, when they knew it was his last uh, game and then the way the Yankees came back in that ninth inning, it was the brocious home run game uh, that came. This, this, the elect, electricity of the stadium and the way it, it all turned out. But Paul O'Neill, congratulations on getting your number retired in the Bronx. You'll be a your partner forever now. And uh, that's a good thing. So if I ever, when I do get back, there I'll be able to take a picture with that uh, that up there in uh, in in uh, left center field, where all the numbers are retired. Uh, screaming hot take, and I, I think that most people should agree with me and would agree with me, but um Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. Better Yankee than Reggie Jackson ever was. I think Jackson's only there for five years. Yeah, he had that night in, in 77. We had three home runs on three swings. But what Paul O'Neill did for those for those years as a Yankee, for the six or seven years he was there, whatever it was, um, four championships, the whole bit, uh, can't be matched compared to what Reggie did. Uh Reggie was a good a good player for that short period of time, um, but didn't produce the way that Paul O'Neill did Paul O'Neill I didn't say a better player a better Yankee Paul O'Neill is a better Yankee than Reggie Jackson why Reggie got his jersey retired cuz the Reggie machine the, the the hype machine will keep going and that uh, Paul O'Neill he's like well it's great that I'm I'm going to be a uh uh I might have his number retired but uh man Paul O'Neill to me he's uh, well, the Warriors is his nickname in the Bronx and I'm uh, quite happy to see that his number got retired he's a better Yankee number 44, Mr. October Reggie Jackson. Get back to you if you think if I'm right or wrong, or if you're indifferent on that subject or not, because i like to hear people's thoughts on that. 1420 uh, sports at gmail.com or on Twitter at uh, sports underscore 20 or uh, Facebook where are easy to find. Um, Brent Relisky is my name. You guys want to get a hold of me? You know, I mean, get it easy to hold of. Let us know what you think about the show, what you want to hear on Foul Tips. we got the Rick Award coming up next. Yeah, the Rick Award was something that my co-host, the 1420 Sports Podcast, he came up with. Uh, we were in our first uh, year of, the, of doing this show. We were struggling with things to talk about. And we, we sure, me and Dave can talk to any, about anything with anyone. But uh, Dave came up with the Rick Award uh, for affection for uh, Ricky Henderson. I still think one of the greatest baseball players, if not the greatest baseball player to ever live. Um, yeah, his numbers for weren't there but the speed, the flair, the, the pizzazz, everything else that, that Rick had. Uh Dave came up with the Rick Award. We gave it out sometimes. We had two nominees. Uh we would have a vote on it on Twitter and everything else. So we would just have one guy to get the Rick Award. Uh baseball season just getting going. Uh full swing. Like I said, I watched a lot of Pac-12 baseball last weekend. But a guy that uh had a I didn't see him play because we don't I couldn't stream the games and I couldn't figure out how to do it. I'm sure it's there somehow, but here in Canada. We have a tougher time getting uh, getting uh, NCAA baseball. It's not on our normal TV. But it, it's more effort than I want to put in. But, but if this if this lockout carries on, I'll figure out a way to do it. Um, I'll figure a way to get some other baseball. But anyways, there was a guy for the uh, NC State Wolfpack, a freshman by the name of Tommy White. He's got the, the nickname of Tommy Tanks already. Uh, stat line was unbelievable. The uh, the pack is off to an eight no start and. Uh, be all towards this guy is uh getting off a of freshman uh career stats are unbelievable. Hitting a 588 in eight games, a 20 for 34 uh rate, nine home runs, 29 RBIs in eight games. Man, that's a career for some guys, but uh, the the uh, the biggest uh, award that guy's gonna get. I'm not sure if he got the pack or the uh, NCAA uh, freshman of the week award or whatever, but this guy's gonna we're gonna dust the Rick award off uh, take it off the mantle from the uh the yankee tavern north we're going to send him out a copy of the uh, the rick award because uh tommy white aka tommy tanks you're the uh, first week uh season two week one uh rick award winner congratulations on your big week you know the greatest of all time. like i said nine home runs 29, 29 RBIs, a 588 batting average. I don't even know if you get to even steal a base. You're, you're round them so much. And uh, but congratulations. And uh, go Wolfpack and keep keep season going up. See if you can't get another couple of Rick Awards on the mantle. We'll get to reach out to you on Twitter and find out how to get, get your uh, Rick Award. Owl Tips, the uh, the all-baseball solo edition of the 1420 Sports Podcast for baseball talk and a whole lot more. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the... Fourteen twenty sounds. It's not a, a marijuana reference or anything else. It's uh, it's three hundred fifty five times four, which is fourteen twenty. A can of beer in Canada is three hundred fifty five milliliters. I think I gotta, I gotta bring that up every once in a while for our new listeners who don't know what uh, fourteen twenty stands for. But it's a, it's a beer, beer, baseball, sports talk show. I do this thing. Uh, I do the foul tips thing. I start doing it once a week on Tuesdays. Probably get out Wednesday mornings by the time Jim uh, gets his hands on it and uh, gets going for you guys. Um, make sure you guys listen to Jim's song over with. I'll put it on the Foul Tips account and they get that going again. But uh, it's out there, Jim Jimmy Valentine, he calls himself so on Spotify. Over with, it's a good, good tune. It's made my playlist, anyways. Uh, it's my sister, she's turning 50 years old on Saturday, I think it is. So she sent me, yeah, she's for telling people that she tells people she's 40, but <clears throat> she's not. But, anyways, a couple of weeks back, my sister sent me a, a great article about uh from the new yorker uh about the state of little league baseball and the way it has um the way that sport and the way that it has changed communities and how things are a lot different than it was when, when we were we were younger it's something i've talked about with her and her family and people who were listening to me uh off the air uh as well as on the air i, I talk a, a lot about how baseball is it's not better uh, it's it's a lot different but it's not better than when i was a kid and how community sports aren't better uh, they're they're a lot different but they're, they're not better and anybody who wants to debate me on that i'd be more than happy to talk to them but this this article that was in the new yorker was uh it was solely about baseball out of the east coast uh it, it doesn't matter what state it was but they were talking about how um, these travel teams and you, this, and you 14 and U 12 and blah, blah. I can't, like, I can't even keep track of all these different U's and double a AA and triple a and you, this and travel. I, it's, it's just, it's, it's just a lot, but how it's changed communities, let alone how it's, um, changed minor sports. Uh, we're just going to focus on baseball tonight. Cause it's the, it's foul tips. It's not uh, a hockey, a hockey discussion. But how it's changed baseball, and how it's changed communities these 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 travel teams and everything else, and how it's changed kids' outlook on, on sport and being friends and playing and just being kids. I think has uh, been so impactful in, in a negative way that people don't realize. When I was a kid, yeah, do the old get off my lawn. When I was a kid, and all that stuff. We had. Uh, I grew up. My parent. My my. As you know, my my father passed away a couple of years ago, but my mother still lives in, in the same house that we grew up in, on Twenty Second Street, where we had two little league baseball diamonds right across the street from our house. Uh, they're still there to this day. They're not used as much as they used to be. Um, whether that's because there's just a uh, there's not as many kids. There's just a different way of life. There's lots of other things going on. Baseball's not as popular as it used to be in our community. But the the one thing that I've noticed is that uh, with all these travel teams and rep teams and it, it the sense of community that it, that used to be around that ballpark when I was a kid, it was second to none. And I wouldn't change the way we we grew up for the world. Um, my my town there was enough kids just in our town. That we would have uh, for nine and ten year olds, which we called mi- minor little league. It was uh, there was four teams, sometimes five, and then Granham had a team. A couple smaller communities that were within a half an hour of driving to Fort McLeod. They would come in, and we would have a league right in our community. And so there would be the team blue, team red. I can't remember the names of the teams. Doesn't matter. But there was there were there were there were hometown sponsors. Like I remember, I had a midnight mo- midnight news. Um, Jersey when I was nine years old and so I was in the midnight news team and there was a draft and there was a coach and the coach usually didn't have any playing experience it was it was a parent uh, and or it was multiple parents who just helped out my mom kept score and it was just like it was just that's how it was done and, and then there was the 11 and 12 year old division where you had that that thing so at five o'clock it was a nine and ten year olds would play at seven o'clock, the, the 11, 12 year olds would play, and it was Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. The girls would have the same thing. They'd have four teams. There would be yes, it doesn't sound sound exciting. You play the same four, you play the same three teams over and over. But then there was tournaments where other things would come, and so the girls would have the same thing on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I believe they played Saturdays as well. So the concession was always open. There was always a, a Friday game. There was and then there was like I said, there was tournaments, and then in Canada with the winners that we we can get uh, when baseball season started, which usually around Easter time and it brought people out out of the coal, out of their houses because they were cooped up for so long and they would come to the little league park across from our house and they would, they would meet again and they would talk again and you would see people you hadn't seen since the season before and kids would ride their bikes. And it was a, it was a central part of, of who you were and then like when you played on your and we it was all just house league stuff and there was no you this and you that and travel here and travel there and i'll get to that point in a second here but it was great and the thing was is that not every kid on my team was of equal level there were some kids who were good there were some kids who were okay, and there were some kids who were bad. And that, and you just accepted it. That's just how it was when you played your your fifteen or twenty game schedule, whatever it was on on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. The odd Sunday, the odd tournament here and there. You, you just and every community had had these same teams, and there, there were there were good players, there were great players, there were adequate players, there were bad players on every team, but they were your team you knew like the kid that that couldn't throw very well he played second base there there was kids who would who could pitch there were kids who could catch it was it was literally it wasn't so, it wasn't meant to, to 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 get a kid a scholarship at the age of 9 or 10 and th- this 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 travel stuff that goes on now and these perfect game events and these things this nine you and coaches and clinics and this and and all this stuff it's it's a 5 billion with a b billion-dollar-a-year industry, where kids are getting promised, I shouldn't say promised, they're getting false hopes from coaches who are making a lot of money off of parents with all these false hopes. And it's just not right. When I played, there were some kids, I can't, I I remember their names. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shame. Like I was bigger. I I haven't grown since I was 12, really. So I was, I was pretty good. I couldn't, I couldn't hit for power, but I could hit for average and I could pitch and I could catch and I could play third base. I was a utility guy, play wherever I was athletic as a kid, but there were kids who weren't very good, but when they got a hit for the first time, if they went old for whatever and they, and and you're like, Oh geez, Johnny's up to bat. He hasn't got a hit yet. This season is pants are on backwards and missing one sock or whatever he was there for a good time and when he got that base hit you were so happy for that kid you were so excited for that kid on your team when he got a hit and a high five and and like you reminds me that like the bad news bears and that uh what what was his name uh doesn't much matter i can't remember his name the the the, lupal lupus Lupus, sorry lupus not not joffrey lupal but lupus who got the hit or caught the ball or whatever and that's what baseball was when I was a kid. And then if you were good enough out of our 14 league, we made an all-star team and the all-star team played against big, bad Lethbridge or big, bad medicine hat. And you got to to give it a shot to to try to beat these teams in, in, in these centers and go to Canadians and go to, or go to Prairies and go to Canadians and go maybe to the world series. And then there was always a team from Glace Bay, Nova Scotia, probably the same thing that we did. And baseball's lost that. And the sense of community that came around with that, I think it's gone. There's, It's it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and sad for me to watch that, that it's not part of the community that I grew up in anymore. And I think baseball was more of a way of life than people realized and how it brought people together. I think it's more than they, they realized. Maybe not just baseball, but minor sports in general, how the the kids became friends, not just in school, but they became friends after school. And they would do things, and they would play catch, and they would do things. And it, Yes, life is different. Life's a lot tougher now. I get it. But I wouldn't change the way I grew up for, for anything. And the way it, the way baseball brought our community together when I was a kid, it, w- it was fantastic. There was an international term. We had some American teams that would come up, and the flags would be up in the outfield. And it was great. It was all part of it. And it, it's lost with all these teams that – I mean, there, there's a great—I don't know if it's from the Sandlot or with derived from the Sandlot—but there was there's a great line that uh, when you're a kid, you're going to go out to play with your friends for the last time ever at some point, and you don't know it that, and you don't know it. Or Harvard's word—I probably probably word it wrong, but I'm paraphrasing. it Doesn't much matter. But basically, it says you're going to play with this group of friends, and you're never going to see them again, and you, you didn't know what's going to happen. There's kids now who play nine UAA. 10 you this 11 12 you what whatever it doesn't matter it does matter they play with different kids every weekend they're on so many freaking teams they don't even know what uniform to wear half the time they're playing with different communities different people and they travel so they go play on this team and they go play on that team with these false hopes of making getting a scholarship at the age of nine you parents i'm going to give you a little heads up here you ain't getting one at the age of nine and the thing is about all these clinics and this and that, if all these people are taking the same clinics, your kid ain't getting any better than what the kid above him is. He's not because they all to the same life. They're all the same clinics. They're all just going to get better. If your kid's good enough, he'll make it. If your kid's good enough, they'll find you. Like when a kid's good enough, you don't have to tell people how good your kid is. They'll tell you how good your kid is. I mean it's 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 disheartening to see the little league fields across from, from my, my mom's house there, should say my my still my parents' house, uh that they aren't being utilized, they're not very full. And, then, and when you do see kids playing, uh they're having a good time still. I hope maybe one day we can get rid of all this this you this and you that and, and travel teams and perfect game and every kid's gotta have a this and the, all these clinics, these these coaches—they're making a bunch of money off of the off of these uh, parents. with these all these false hopes. I'm I'm down on it. I've never been a big proponent of it. It uh, it, it it kind of breaks my heart to see it. But that's uh, that's how I feel. And I hope one day we can get it get it back to how it was because my my community was so great. I mean, it was like I said, it was a it was a great rite of spring when uh, baseball would start and and things would get going because kids would be across the street. At the concession booth, there'd be foul balls coming on my parents' lawn. The concession, so you take the the you take the foul ball back, you get a candy or five cents or quarter or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but it was always great. And I, I think with, with, with these travel teams and everything else, I think it's lost a sense of community, and not just in Fort McLeod, I think it's right across the board. I think it's right across this country uh, in Canada. I'm sure it's the same way across the states because y- you don't see that same pride in community that you have because these kids, like I said, they don't play for their, their their town anymore. They play for a team that's created by somebody who's looking for looking for a check, and that's that, and that's not that's not a fake story. That is not fake. These guys make a lot of money off you, parents, and they are unapologetic about it. They don't care. You'd be better off having your kid play at home with his friends, making memories that they're going to have forever. Because those kids who play with a different team every day, they don't even know who they're playing with, man. Let them play at home. Let them have some fun and see where it goes. If they make the all-star team, great. Let's get back to doing that. Anyways, 1420 Sports Podcast, Foul Tips, Season 2, Episode 1. Baseball's not over. Uh, it's it's not uh, not going as we hope so far with the lock and everything else. I got baseball coming up in a couple of weeks, as long as the no stays away. My pants are pressed. I'm going to do something with my my old uh, plate shoes, uh, get them all shined up, ready to go. Got some uh, uh, junior varsity college games coming up, some college games coming up. Then there's uh, later on, got uh geez it's gonna be the, the wimble season again i got some baseball uh um, umpire alberta baseball alberta clinics coming up and some baseball canada things coming up in the near future so i'll be busy with the podcast with work the the producer with uh everything else and going on but it, i enjoyed it. it keeps me busy make sure you guys talk to people about the show uh sorry it wasn't the the most uplifting episode of the fallative but It's just the way I see it and the way I call it. So anyways, take care of each other. More important. Take care care of yourselves when you need your own. Keep your your stick on the ice and don't swing at the high ones. Jim, thank you very much for doing this. And make sure you guys listen to Jim's uh, show or Jim's song over with on iTunes and Spotify. Have a good night, folks. We'll talk again on Thursday night.